and the lay leadership of this congregation, I not only want to wish you a Merry Christmas, but I also want to thank you. There are a lot of other things that you could be doing right now. Sleep, for one, 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. But you chose to come to worship, to welcome the new baby Jesus. And for sure, you passed a lot of other churches who were doing a lot of midnight candlelight services to get to this place, yet you chose this one. And that's a privilege we don't take lightly around here. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, in fact, to all of the folks who've joined us for our Christmas Eve services. I just received an initial count of our attendance, including last night's service at Waterworks Park and our family Christmas services, and, uh, and this being our sixth service of tonight. I understand that by the looks of this crowd, we will easily break 3,500 people in attendance for our Christmas services here at Hyde Park. That's a pretty remarkable deal. So thank you for joining us. It's been our hope all along these last two days that for any of our Christmas Eve services, you would walk away feeling a great deal of comfort. Because that feels like that's what Christmas should be about, you know? At least that's what we plan on when we put these services together. Hopefully, Many of these elements in the service will feel familiar to you because that's what brings comfort. I mean, you've already heard the familiar Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. We've already had the Christ candle lit in the Advent candle. You've heard some amazing music. And after I preach this sermon for the last time tonight, <laughs> praise be to God. We'll sing some Christmas carols, and then, of course, we will end this night observing communion and then gathering around outside the courtyard fountain, holding our candles up to the darkness of the sky as a witness to the light which has come to enter the world. It's all familiar stuff. It's all the plans that we make, because that is what Christmas feels like it should be. It should be about comfort. It should be about plans. I mean, after all, we make plans in order to establish routines. And you do it enough times, and those routines become rituals. And over time, those rituals become tradition. And tradition is what brings us comfort. And that's what we crave. Because life is unpredictable, isn't it? You never know what's going to happen from one day to the next. And so anything that offers a sense of comfort to us, that's what we crave. And I think that's what makes Christmas so special. That's what draws us to this place on this night. Because Christmas brings us that sense of comfort that no other season can bring. I think that's why when you wake up tomorrow morning on Christmas Day, it's going to feel like a different day from the rest of the year. It's not going to be a school day when you wake up, not a work day. It's not even going to feel like a vacation day. It's going to be Christmas Day. Because the first thoughts that will drift into your mind are, this is a different day. We're going to follow some plans that we've made to emphasize the things that are most important today. Family and relationships and gathering and rituals and tradition and comfort. That's what tomorrow we hope brings. At least that's what we plan on. So you've made your plans, and I have too. Some of you will go home, and if you've got little kids who aren't already in bed, you're going to shoo them off to bed. 
and you're because that's part of the plan. And you're going to set out some milk and cookies for Santa. Because that's part of the plan. Santa's counting on it. And then you're going to go off to bed too. And then after being asleep for a few minutes, the kids are going to wake you up first thing in the morning. Because that's their plan. (laughs) And you're going to start ripping open your gifts. And the gift opening and the wrapper ripping and the the clothes trying and the cinnamon roll baking and the, and the worst Christmas tradition of all. The unceasing untying of those God-forsaken twisty ties that lash your kids' toys to the cardboard packaging. <laughs> thousands and thousands of those twisty ties you have to open every Christmas. You know, I, I can't tell you exactly what hell will be like, but I am convinced... <laughs> It will be littered with millions of those twisty ties that you will have to untie for eternity. And that's just the start of the rituals tomorrow. Because then you're going to go off to see family, and you're going to eat some food, and then you're going to go off to see more family, and then more food, and then more untying of the twisty ties, and more cursing, and then more family, and then more food. And then before you know it, December 25th will be over. At least that's what we plan on. You know, that's what Christmas is all about. We make these plans because we think that that's what's going to bring us comfort. But you know as well as I do that sometimes despite our best laid plans, life has a way of being unpredictable, including on Christmas Day. Sometimes things don't quite work out the way we expect them to on Christmas The cinnamon buns come out of the oven a little burnt on the bottom. The batteries are not included. That sweater that you got as a gift doesn't fit quite right, and it's much uglier than you had feared. And your cranky Uncle Wilbur starts talking about politics at the dinner table. And then you take a look at that empty chair. And you immediately remember that this is the first Christmas where you won't have that loved one by your side. And then you think about the year that's gone by, how hard it's been for you to make ends meet. And you wonder if next year will be any better. And then you take a look at your aging family members, those elderly ones who are aging by the day, and you You have that haunting question about how many more Christmases you may get to have with them. We love Christmas. We love Christmas. And part of it is because we we believe deep down inside that if we just make the right plans for Christmas and follow them to perfection, it'll give us the comfort we crave. But life doesn't always work that way, does it? The unpredictable still happens, including at Christmas. Nineteen years ago, I and my wife at the time were expecting a child. We found out in November that we were pregnant. There's nothing quite like being pregnant during Advent, right? When the the whole narrative is about expecting the birth of a baby. We were so excited. We, we couldn't wait to tell our, 
our parents. But we did. We chose to wait until Christmas Day to give them the news as their, as their Christmas gift that year. We went to the mall. We went to one of those kiosks where they can manufacture a fake newspaper with a fake headline. And so we had the headline reveal to them that they were going to be parents, grandparents for the first time. We couldn't wait to give it to them. We started shopping for the nursery, started buying baby clothes. We couldn't wait to meet this baby. We imagined what this kid would look like. We, we couldn't wait to see what the future held for our child. We started making plans. And then two days before Christmas Eve that year, at a routine doctor visit, our world bottomed out. We heard the news that the pregnancy was not going to end well. And that in a matter of a few days, maybe even weeks, we would lose our baby. Two days later, Christmas Eve, the two of us were grief-stricken, we were somber. And I, I pushed myself into the pulpit on Christmas Eve to preach a Christmas sermon about a baby being born, knowing full well that in just a few days we would lose ours. And that little congregation I was serving at the time, we, we ended that service singing Silent Night, while deep down inside our, our souls were screaming. At the end of that service, we held those candles high into the darkness but all I could see was darkness. And that little flicker of candlelight just seemed like a small thread to me. You know, that was, that was almost 20 years ago that happened. There's been a lot of healing that's happened since then. But I got to tell you, I've, I've preached a lot of Christmas sermons over the years of my ministry. And I can tell you that things don't always work out. We talk about hope, joy, love, and peace, and good cheer. But sometimes life is unpredictable. Unpredictability is a part of life. So what do we do? Well, I think one thing we can do is think about the story we just heard from Luke's gospel. Because there's some good news in here. It's a reminder to us, first of all, that unpredictability is part of the human experience. And it has been, by the way, since the very beginning all the way back, at least, to the very first Christmas. In fact, I imagine a conversation that, that might have taken place between a very pregnant Mary one day and her husband, Joseph. I can imagine Mary saying, Hey, uh, Joseph, can you come into the room for a minute? I've got something to talk about with you. Joseph says, Yeah, honey, what is it? Well, I've just been uh, looking at our calendar, and it turns out that my due date is right in the middle of the census at Bethlehem, which means we're going to have to take a long journey, and I'm not going to be around family here, and I'm going to be far away from my doctor, and we're going to wind up in some crowded city, we won't know anybody, and I'm going to give birth. What are we going to do, Joseph? And I can imagine Joseph saying, don't worry about it. I got this. 
Joseph says to Mary, look, I'm going to make sure that you've got a great ride to Bethlehem. I'm going to get on the phone right now with Enterprise Rent-A-Camel, and I, I'm going to make sure that we rent ourselves the biggest, most luxurious, most comfortable camel. It's going to be a sweet ride for you all the way to Bethlehem. And then when we get there, I'm going to make sure we have posh accommodations. I'm going to get a room for us in one of the most luxurious hotels in all of Bethlehem. I'm going to call the Bethlehampton Inn. And I, thank you for laughing. It's not that funny, but it's 11 o'clock and I know everything seems funny to you. I get it. And Mary says, that sounds great, Joseph. Thank you for making plans. <laughs> then nine months later, Joseph says, uh, Mary, your ride is here. Joseph, that's a donkey. That's not a camel. What happened to our camel? Well, they were all booked. No more camels. It's the Bethlehem census. But this is a, this is a donkey, Joseph. You expect me to ride this ass? Hey, 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 no need to call me names, Mary. I'm just doing the best I can here. Fine, fine. Let's just get over to Bethlehem. I can't wait to stay in that nice hotel room that you've booked for us. Yeah, right. Several days later, a guy at the front desk says, hello, welcome to the Bethlehemton Inn. Can I have your name, please? Yeah. Um, uh, my name is Joseph Ben Jacob, and this is my pregnant wife, pregnant girlfriend. It, it's complicated. Her name is Mary... Okay, very good. Do you have a reservation? No, no, I don't. What, Joseph? You didn't make any reservations either? Well, they were all booked. This is the Bethlehem census. I was just kind of hoping for a you know, last-minute cancellation. Well, I'm sorry, sir. There are no cancellations. We have no vacancy. All the rooms are taken tonight. Well, can't you do something for us? I mean, my wife is pregnant, she's exhausted, my feet are swollen, and the donkey stinks. Can you do something for us? Well, let me see what I can do. We may have a place for you in the back. It's a very pet-friendly place. <laughs> and that's what happened. Right there, surrounded by animals and hay, and nothing went according to plan. Nothing about this happened the way Mary and Joseph had envisioned. But do you know what? So here's the good news. That didn't stop God. God still showed up. The baby was still born nonetheless. And heaven still touched the earth. Humans made all these plans with some conjecture about how things would work out. And none of it worked out. But it didn't stop God. God still showed up. And you know, a couple days later, more unimaginable things happened. There was a knock at the stable door. 
hey, uh, Joseph, can you get the door? I'm here with the baby. Joseph opens the stable door. Uh, Mary, there's some shepherds at the door. Shepherds? Joseph, did you invite a bunch of shepherds? No, I didn't invite a bunch of shepherds. I just assumed they were from your side of the family. (laughs) Well, if they're shepherds, Joseph, that means they must have some sheep. Where in the world are we going to put a bunch of sheep right now? How many sheep do they have? Well, I don't know. You want me to count them? You know how I fall asleep when I count them. (laughs) Thank you for getting that joke, too. That's very nice of you. You know, I don't know what your Christmas day will be like tomorrow. I can't imagine it'll be any crazier than the one for Mary and Joseph. And I don't know what your 2019 will look like either. But I do understand that it will likely have its own highs and its lows. It will. It'll have its moments of festivity and joy and gladness and delight and celebration. And it will also have those unexpected moments. Those moments when life throws you a curveball, one after another. Those moments when you don't know what's going to happen and you're filled with despair. But I do know this, I do know this, God's still going to show up no matter what. Because the power of Christmas is not based on our ability to make plans. The power of Christmas is not contingent on things happening according to plan to give us comfort. The power of Christmas is in a God who still shows up. Sometimes despite what we plan, God still shows up. In fact, that's what they named the baby, you know. They named the baby Emmanuel, which means God is with us, which is really a fancy way of saying God still showed up. And God will still show up for you. No matter what, no matter what curveballs life throws at you, God always has a few surprise pitches to show up when you least expect it. So I have one final word for you. It's a word that comes right out of the story from Luke. It's a a single word that I've never really noticed until this year. It comes... After the shepherds had arrived and sang their praises to God and told Mary everything that they'd seen, and after Mary had taken a look at this entire crazy setting, this stable that had turned into her delivery room, the the donkey that she had ridden on, and the, the face of that baby, she knew that when she was looking into the face of that baby, the eyes of God were staring back at her. And at that moment... Luke chapter 2, verse 19 says that Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She pondered them. That's the word. Luke is the only one to use that word in all of the Gospels. It's a word that literally means to take two polar opposite ideas and consider them together, side by side. So Mary took a look at all the chaos and the confusion and the despair of that moment and she considered it side by side with the surprising and reliable comfort of God. And Mary took all the darkness in the world and all the darkness that people were feeling 
and considered it side by side with this amazing light that had come into the world through this baby Jesus. And, and Mary took a look at that baby Jesus and realized that even in that baby Jesus, there were two polar opposite ideas coinciding in one. On the one hand, full divinity in that child, the full powers of heaven, the God of the universe in that child fully coinciding side by side, one and the same with full humanity, the entirety of the human experience right there in that child. And when Mary realized that, when she pondered all of that in her heart, she was able to experience the comfort of God. So how about you? I have one thing that you might do tomorrow. I mean, I know, I know you've made a lot of plans for tomorrow. So I want to suggest that you add one more. Just squeeze in one more plan into tomorrow. Find some time to ponder, to, to take some moments, to take a deep breath, and to take in what it means to be loved by God and to enjoy the blessings of your life. Tomorrow will come and go really fast if you let it, but take some time to ponder, especially if things don't quite go the way you hope. You know, if the cinnamon rolls come out of the oven a little burnt, Say to yourself, ponder this, you know what? God still showed up. Or if the batteries aren't included, <laughs> ponder this, you know what? God still showed up. Or when your Uncle Wilbur talks about politics at the dinner table, the first thing is take all those twisty ties and lash his mouth shut and then tie his hands to the table. And then ponder this. God still showed up. And then all throughout 2019, with no matter what happens, with any of the highs and any of the lows and anything in between, and even if your best laid plans go for naught, ponder all throughout next year this idea. You know what? God still shows up. God is still with me. And God will always find a way when there is no way. And then treasure those things and ponder them in your heart. Let's pray together. Oh God, the hopes and fears of all of our years are met in thee tonight. This is the Christmas message. It is one that we are familiar with, but that we need to hear once again all the same. May this message of your love for us give us more than comfort. May it call us to remember and call us to ponder. So that no matter what happens, whatever chaos, confusion, or darkness lies ahead, we might always remember that you still show up. Prepare our hearts now for the receiving of communion and the giving and receiving of light so that we, go in, we may go into the world to share that light for others. We thank you for this night. And we thank you that I don't have to preach anymore tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And so in response to God's word, we give thanks to God 
And we ask for our commitments to God in the form of our prayers, our lives, and, of course, our financial generosity. We invite you to consider a generous gift to the Sparrow Fund as it helps people in need all throughout the year, as well as perhaps a gift to our Ministry and Missions Fund. We thank you for your generosity as we invite the ushers to come forward at this time.